Good evening and welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Backstage Pass. I am your host, Vince Edwards. You may know me from Sound Image Productions, as well as uh, I got a couple of closed Facebook groups on uh, for roadies. Uh, called, one called Death by Loadout, and the other one is the Backstage Pass. Uh, uh, to my right, old at all. what's that? You're not getting old at all. No, no, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> It's really good. You should have a guest toast of your own. Uh, I'm going to show you why right there. His name's <laughs> Kyle Thomas. They get to thrash on you and have fun about your, you know, growing incapacity as it relates to your aging process. I love you, bro. I love you too. No, I know you. This is like your babies, though. Like uh, yeah. you seriously talk about this shit all the time. It's like, oh wait, fuck. What's the name of that thing again? I got oh, it. Yeah. Well, you know what it tripped me up is I sometimes I'll put in, uh, you know, I've got a, a closed Facebook group uh, for roadies, but I really want to lead with it. We've got a couple closed roadie groups on Facebook. And so I got tripped up in there myself. Now it's but, you know, we try to free ball. I mean, wing this. Uh, <laughs> hi, honey. Uh, we try to do it as natural as possible because, you know, the product we sell is spontaneity and honesty, you know. So we're just doing what we do. We're just being ourselves. It just They just flipped a camera on, but we were pretty much doing the same shit before it went on. Um, how you been doing? Great, man. I've been in here still hauling ass on the S6L. I think I broke it mm -hmm. finally, which is... Yeah. I think, Pro progress yeah no, it's you, working now yeah was that who got it back online you two or you and winston or i needed or i needed some brad maddox support on that one yeah unfortunately went to the i mean we dog. don't have ryan ojohn anymore and there i don't i don't have a number for a replacement yet so well, we could always reach out to ryan but it, i don't want to you know be like ryan hey buddy oh i know you not working with Abbott <laughs> anymore but can you help us again for the hundredth time but I, you know you know what he would say like, he would do it. What's going on? What, what can I do? You yeah. know, that's just who he is. He's the sweetest guy. I'm totally with you. It's like, who's the guy now? Yeah. We were told when Digico and T or Titus moved on to the broadcasting world and we got our new Titus. Right? right, right. They were pretty rapidly put that out there. Yeah. This is the new, you call this guy, ask for this. And yeah. But uh, I'm Don't sure tell him he's we, Irish. Maybe we missed the, <laughs> we missed the, the, uh, the announcement, the the email. I don't I don't know how the hell we could have not gotten. I it. think we did. Uh, well, I'll, we I'll must just, have. I'll have to check in on that. But um, <laughs> you got it sorted, is what you're saying. Yeah, I love the new updates. Version seven's been fun hauling ass on, like I was saying. Uh, little things with the AVB networks have been causing issues trying to run the MGB box, so I could you know step away from the Pro Tools world a little bit and see if Ableton would run on it. There's a couple ways to go at it, but I definitely, the network took a shit on me, and we got it back. Yeah, I'm proud of you guys. I know for a minute it was... I got really... it to boot up to Windows, though. What? Yeah. What? It's proud. So big. <laughs> now, good for you. Good for you. Now, I, I know it was giving some grief, and, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing that we would rather not be having happen. Yeah. So, uh, but I think sometimes uh, Winston was, we were talking to Winston, who's here, Winston Dama, playing on the board. Thursday night's his night. Um... He was saying that uh, maybe it's a good thing, you know, to, in case that something like that happened on, in the field and not be able to retrieve it, not get it back online and not have those tricks in your bag is, you know, not good. So if we're going to sort that stuff out, let's sort it out here now. Well, you know? it's so, so funny talking about networking and learning more about it is like nine times out of ten, it's literally just toggling an option or like an IP address. And then that all of a sudden it'll come back up. It's always just this weird handshake thing. Yeah, no, the it's handshake like, in the digital world is always the thing that kicks you in the ass. Yeah. You know, we've seen this multiple times between the videos and all the different technologies. Um, sometimes getting that handshake is so critical, and it's the part where most people seem to get tripped up, at least from what I've seen. 
So, uh, you know, yeah. it's just a part of the game. I mean, it's a, all the these holdups, though. Everything. Shit, what was the cool thing this week? Uh, me and Mike, when trying to problem solve, was getting like a 5-1 out of a computer. Yeah. And it led to this realization. That was a very strange adventure. I have to say, I watched you guys kind of go through that, and I was... Like, I don't, should it be that fucking hard? I yeah. don't know. It just well, no, if seems... we had a receiver, it would be easy as fuck because you just take the unbalanced line outs and go into DIs and we'd feed a console and hit the speakers. But it was more or less like realizing, oh, the headphone jack on the MacBook actually carries optical output. Yeah. And I had no fucking idea that you can get yeah. this. It's like a, a toss link mini cable. And then, boom, it goes into optical somewhere else, and then you got your 5.1 right there. So, I don't think most shit. people know that. Don't feel funny. I don't think most people are aware of that. So yeah. uh, you just, uh, so you know. My brain was blown away. Your eighth inch on your MacBook also is, acts as an op optical. 3.5. Is, is it under 3.5? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You do your European. I'm from America, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's largely called 3.5 and or eighth inch. Come up in a world of quarter inch, baby. You know, the eighth inch is even new in my world, relatively. Come on, man. We didn't even have that back in the day. Uh, regardless, so we had guests today. We had Visitor, one of our guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in and signing on. Good, good evening, everybody. It looks like our dear friend, the singer for the Infirmities, is here, Jason Martinez. Did you see what I got today from our guest? Uh, you're jumping forward, but I couldn't. I want you to talk about this because he got dog biscuits. I got All right, he got biscuits. dog biscuits, and that's making him a much more efficient employee and a better co-host. Get so them good. every day. Now I get a no, whole no. box and of you them. earn the dog biscuits. I've been letting you down a little bit. You know, I'll throw you one here or there, you know, Scooby Snack you, but... <laughs> But you know, so we had a we had a good guest come on today, a friend of ours that is a friend of the show, uh, Pat O'Doul. You may see him, and you hear me talk about him once in a while. He came in the house, and he got he got our dear friend Kyle some dog biscuits. What a gentleman! Yep, yep. And and I was going to show him that that lighter he brought in, Mikey. I know. I see you got in the preview there. Um, and so and you know, I'm a Zippo guy. I have been forever, and and kind of swear by him. I got some old ones, uh, but uh, in the effort to further uh, commit my narcissism to full effect, uh, I get, brought me a Zippo with a uh, with my image on it. Which Ladies and gentlemen, it's another <laughs> it's face. Awesome, but at the same time, you know, I gotta use it outside like this, so I don't, you know, I'm already kind of mental. Probably think I'm, you know, kind of just. I can't wait to see you on a gig with all this shit. You got your banner in the background. <laughs> I'm playing cards with my card decks and. Uh, you know, I, I will milk it. I will fucking milk it. Uh, we all know this about me. I'd show up to a gig with your logo on my shirt, dude. The, actually, you know, I was talking to Greg about this. Greg Price, uh, the famous, amazing Greg Price. And this was a day or two ago, and I was I was having uh, coffee and cookies in the morning at the, the inside the kitchen and in the shop. And he came in and said... You need to be doing merchandise. He just, you know how he is. He just yep. does. He's great. He's got a good idea. And he totally wants us. And I think he had just done the, uh, the, the. I don't think it was Signal to Noise. It was the other one. How he got loud podcast with Chris Leonard, and and Chris. Uh, but we pushed them together, and and he came in and he said, people would. He was talking about how with Ozzy, when he's out with Ozzy, they sell these coasters that have the Ozzy emblem on it in the inside. And he's like, your face right in the middle. And then beyond the backstage pass, you'd sell those. You couldn't keep them in stock. And I was like, 
Yeah. <laughs> Good idea. See, need those new so ideas, man. You know? He's like, everybody would be wearing those shirts. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm, we're, we're talking about it. We, and we have. I mean, my, my girl I've talked about, she's kind of really down with, uh, she can, understands how to get shit done when it comes to the swag, you know, the pins and the, the cards and all this Do you stuff. remember the last place I looked up? I was like, oh, I'm going to get a smoking deal. It's a local place. It was kind of expensive, I remember. Why? They're not as cheap black, as we would imagine. Black t-shirts, yeah, for no. some reason, are just in high demand. I mm -hmm. guess it makes sense. Most t-shirts come in black. But it was like, the first question I got was like, any other color you could do? Like, no. It's a strange question. Well, okay, whatever. Maybe it's harder to print on those things. I, I don't know. This is not what we do for a living. But but yeah, it was a, it was a little, I don't want to say cost prohibitive, but it was it was weird. You know, it was surprising. Yeah. But it's something that I think we'll look into eventually. Why not? And throw it out there and see what you know anybody bites. It's uh, I think we got a cool logo and you know we're doing a cool thing. So hopefully some people. I mean, anybody, any diehards really want like a T-shirt or a logo? I mean, we could just step one up and and we'll actually tattoo it for you onto your body if you come <laughs> into the shop. It looks like Scott Cheney. It rolls in an XL. We got you. We got you, Scott. Thanks you want a big in. back one, dude? Yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah. And, and let me say hi to Clint Winsley. Hey, Clint, how you doing, baby? That's Crew hey, Music Clint. Asia. And uh, of course, there's this wonderful, amazing woman that I'm crazy in love with. I never talk about her or nothing. She's got an incredible mother and just good, good people. It's the one and only Jackie Canterbury, the love of my life. She's in this evening. Hi, sweetheart. See, Jackie Thanks knows that's out. her lighter now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love for her to have this lighter. I would, I would pretty much lay down on fire for her. She's my favorite thing on the whole planet. All right, all right. Let's rock and roll. Good to see you doing well. You, as well, you look brother. great. I like the jacket, by the way. We talked about that. That's Thank a good-looking jacket. I don't usually wear the shiny, fleshy, whatever that is, but, but I don't know why. It just works. It's a good one. Let me tell you, I'm trying to keep up with you, by the way. Yeah. Uh, pack a lunch. I'm just saying. It's going to We'll talk later about the jacket, though. I might be getting right. on that. So, listen, I got an extreme treat for you this evening. Um, we've been in the, the game for a long time. We've developed some incredible friends. We're really special people. And tonight is no exception. The, the guest we have tonight is a person I absolutely love, this guy. He's a dear, dear, close personal friend of, of Sound Image, of all of the many incarnations that you know, my brother and I went through. Uh, he hangs with the family every so often for those kind of... Um, the festive, you know, of Thanksgiving type things. He's just a brother, and uh, he's a, a, a strong, badass drummer for a couple amazing bands. Uh, 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 my perf my heavy memory is metal band, a rock hard rock band that's really killer. But mainly, where we interact with Paulie, uh, other than our personal time, is with a uh, with a, the company's uh, studio instrument rental, of course, the great SIR. And he is their boss man over there. He's a wonderful cat. He's our dear, dear friend. His name is Polly Montero, and he's here tonight. Good evening, my brother. How you doing, brother Vince? Man, I am so much better now that you're here. I, I, I miss <laughs> you. You know I love you. And and we've been looking forward to you. You came on early in the show's incarnation. Yeah, it was a while ago. Huh? Yeah, yeah. This was, I want to say, 30 two or so shows ago, give or Has take. Has it been that many already? I think so. What was the show, six or seven? Yeah, right? it was or like, that, like that, right. Yeah. And I think we're at 40, 41. I don't know the exact number. Yeah. Mikey keeps care of that business. But, um, but yeah, you know, we ditched a couple out that we didn't like yeah. that were really, really, <laughs> really rough. First, we did you a favor on that. Trust me, yeah, they were yeah. awful. But, um, but yeah, you were in one of the shows that started to work, you know, yeah, and when yeah. we started to kind of get a... I was the guinea pig, right? A little bitty bit. <laughs> you know, that's what you do with friends. Yeah. <laughs> we come and we sort it out together, you know. Yeah, there you go. But, but it's really great to see you. 
I'm luckily we got a little side thing me and you do together, so mm. I get to see you once a week or so, yeah. and that's always fun. And so we put our music on real loud and mm. do our little thing, and that's always cool. And of course, I know she brought Norm. We'll talk about Norm in a moment because oh, yeah, he's, he's right here waiting for his, his yeah his, his 15 he's minutes ready for his close up, Mister Demille. Yeah, we, we got we got him covered. We got I, wait till you see the picture we found in Norm oh, okay, with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's keeping it with it. you. It's 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 great. It's a great picture. But let me ask you, how you been doing? I'm doing all right, man. You know, just playing the wedding, yeah. you know, visiting my old stomping grounds in Half Moon Bay, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's every day in, day out, man. The waves have been firing in, in Half Moon oh, Bay man, on the yeah, North Coast. Oh, yeah, it was crazy there. 50-footer yesterday. Uh, yeah, some guy caught, some yeah. Pretty insane yeah. stuff, some death-defying shit. And they, yeah. I guess they had Peter Mel out there riding that yeah, thing. That's kind the of guy, a, yeah, that's the guy, A record wave that yeah. he rode. That was uh, impressive stuff. Yeah, we, we just so you know, audience, we uh, about, what, 40 miles from here, mm -hmm. give or take, well, we on the Mavericks coast. We have too. a place called Mavericks. It's one of the biggest big wave places in the world. And people die there trying to ride these waves. And they had some perfect weather yesterday, yeah. some perfect bad weather for wave riding, meaning. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was impressive. Some of the, the photos of that were ridiculous. I oh, mean, I know, man. I remember as a little kid growing up in Alpha Bay, going out there in the 70s and watching my friend's older brothers ride those waves back then. And we yeah. thought they were crazy then, you know. And then, yeah. what, in the late 80s, 90s, started getting worldwide attention. And it was just right. it was crazy just going yeah, what's the big deal? I remember that. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, and those were longboards you're talking about oh, back yeah, then. So those, the old, were, yeah. those were like taking a tank on a 50-foot yeah. wave. I mean, these are waves the size of a five, six-story building. These yeah. are not. 40, these, 60, 70 feet. These yeah. are not waves. that. It's hard to explain them until you've seen them. It's, um, well, uh, you, you know the person that are riding them is a very, uh, uh there's a lot. It's a really big set of uh, uh, yeah. uh, fortitude. Yeah. I tried uh, surfing a few times when I was a kid, man, and almost drowned and said, I, I, that was on three or four foot waves. I can't imagine 30, 40, 50 foot waves. Well, and they're hauling ass on this, and they're riding those thrusters, you know, those yeah. three fin boards now, so yeah. they really scoot across yeah. them. I guess that's the secret, is kind of outrunning the collapse, you know? I, I and, guess. I don't know. I was never good enough to even get that far. Yeah, yeah. And plus, now <laughs> the guys are smart, and they get towed in. So yeah. it's, it's a very different approach. Yeah, it gives it an added level. It's kind of like a surf buddy almost. Yeah. But he's on a, he's on a little. It's like everything else. Technology do. evolves, and everybody yeah. finds a more efficient way to do things. So, that's right. That's right. Well, it, it makes it more exciting, and yeah. they can turn the shit around faster and get back uh, to the yeah. next wave and so oh, on and yeah, so forth. Absolutely, it's it's, uh, it's pretty heavy. Um, let me ask you, how did you get into this? You know, as far I've In only known line? you to be doing this, oh, but how did you get into our, our game? Jeez. That goes back to the, I guess, very early 90s. I remember in the 80s, I was playing in this rock band called Asylum from about 85 to 90. And I remember right around April or May of 1990, the band broke up. Didn't know what to do. Just started hanging out. One night, went to a club, saw a friend's band, went to a hotel afterwards for a party. And my buddy who had the room <laughs> gets a phone call at about 7 o'clock in the morning answers the phone. He goes, hey, Paul, it's for you. And I'm going, what? <laughs> Turns out it was a friend of mine. It was Guitar Tech. It was down in L.A. working with this band, Lizzie Borden. Uh -huh. Said, hey, man, what are you doing? I go, nothing. <laughs> and he goes, you want to go on tour? I go, sure. When? He goes, now. Can you get to the airport? <laughs> so I sure. Went down to the airport, got on a plane, got there in the afternoon. Lizzie picked me up himself, went straight to the studio, went through the set one time, packed up the gear, got on a bus the next morning, and it was gone. Wow. Yeah, and then from there, just started working with a bunch of other different bands, did a couple tours with Lizzie Borden, yeah. did uh, a few tours with Badlands, Jakey e. Lee's band. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, worked with a bunch of local bands, Forbidden, and a bunch of studio stuff as drum tech and things like that. Yeah. And then as eventually, 
working for uh, this outside promoter guy who turned me on to SIR. God, uh, this year makes my 20th year and just started doing tech gigs for them. And about three years into it, got a full-time job and about fifth year into it, became kind of the, you know, the house manager there. And as I say, the rest is, is history, man. Well, I should, I should tell the audience that it's a, all the, Polly runs SAR and is, I mean, he's all things. If you, if you need studio time, practice rehearsal time, or more, more, I think what you commonly do is go out and provide uh, yeah. backline support. Well, some of the coolest, I love your instrument collection. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's, 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 so, it's massive. Oh my God. Like, like seriously, dude, all the tube amps you'd ever want, all the, the original P basses, if it's there, killer drum sets, like galore. So you can call up, you know, a lot of, for some reason in our market here in the city, we have a lot of people doing fly dates. It's probably the nature of the corporates and yeah. some of the bigger shows. The guys kind of do one-offs. And so they call Paul. And Paul mm -hmm. comes in and saves the day and brings the exact right equipment. And then they, they turn, you know, do it, throw a show. Yeah, we do, we, we do a lot of the, you know, like the big festivals, outside lands and all right. those festivals around the area. I mean, yeah. you know, some weekends we're doing 30, 40, 50 bands, man. Yeah, I yeah, know. I've know? seen you really <laughs> go balls to walls with that oh, thing. Yeah. Well, tell us the mission. Of what, so to out, give it an outline, I kind of did a, a rough job of explaining. What is it that SIR does? Well, you actually kind of explain it pretty well. We you supply, so? you know, bands come into town that need gear. I mean, we've dealt with everybody from, you know, little Johnny's garage band to the biggest bands on the planet. Yeah. You know, a lot of bands sometimes um, they come in and do one-offs or they'll do uh, the last few years. A lot of bands are just kind of be doing weekend warrior work. Well, to come in, you know, they'll do shows from a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right. you know, it's, they don't want to bring their own gear other than their own guitars and stuff. And, sure. you know, they send us their writer, which is a list of the gear that they specifically want. Mm -hmm. You know, we supply that gear or something very close to that, bring it to the gig or they come pick it up. They do their thing, bring the gear back, you know. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, but it's a, it's a hell of a service, and it's critically important. Do sometimes bands play at your shop in your spaces? Yeah, we there? have one. We have a big rehearsal room there. It's about thirty by thirty. Yeah, um, we've had a lot of big name bands in there. Man, yeah. one, one, uh, God, Tom Jones, Journey, uh, Van Morrison, Alicia Keys, Justin Timberlake, um, God, Elvis Costello, um, Van Morrison. All kinds of bands in over the years, man. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I know. Uh, I was talking to you recently. I think GEZ rolled through, so it's. It's not uh, genre specific. It's. Oh, it's space, all kinds. Basically, get in there, rehearse. You know, a lot of bands they come in now. either they come in to do if they're doing a big corporate show and they haven't played for a while, they come in and and, and rehearse a day or two or some a lot of bands start their their tours on the west coast right. and san francisco is usually one of the first shows so they'll come in for a day or two yeah. you know Tighten they'll up. bring they'll bring their own stuff rent the room out do their set yeah. boom take off do their gig yeah no, absolutely i know you've uh, called over once or twice to uh, supplement yeah. their <laughs> yeah, we, DNA absolutely to, uh, make sure they have all the stuff they need to, to yeah. sound loud and hear themselves properly uh, <clears throat> uh interesting turn in your history uh for me and that i like to dig around it is i know you worked for gibson guitars <clears throat> yeah uh 94 between 94 and 95 they had a uh an office artist relations office out here in, in the bay area it was in oakland yeah and um, yeah, my job was basically to go out and and get in Dorsey's, you know. Yeah, yeah. You go would, to a lot of shows. Yeah, well, back then, you know, we didn't have the internet or anything like that, so we relied a lot on the magazines and um, 
and things like that. It, my job, I would contact, I'd actually look and see who's coming into town, yeah. try to find out who the management was for the bands and get in touch with them and say, hey, can I come and have a few minutes with your guys, see if they're interested, you know? Yeah. That was that was about two years worth of stuff. Got to do a lot of shows. I mean, I got a, at the height of it all, I was seeing three or four different bands a night, usually yeah. at different cool. locations. So, right. I mean, within any given week, I'd see 30 shows, you know, which was really cool. Got to meet a lot of, of a lot of great artists, man. Well, you're perfect for it too. I mean, you love music, you, you love uh, oh, all yeah. types you, of music. You love uh, musicians, you understand yeah. them. And so, and you love gear. So, oh, absolutely. I'm so it's kind head, of a perfect man. fit, you know. You got Some people might be like, wow, I got to do 30 shows this week. No, you would. Oh man, I tell you that. That was a sweet part of your life. I remember in junior high, man, I was one of those kids in the 70s that would literally, uh, you know, write to uh, drum manufacturers, say, hey, man, can you send me your latest uh, uh, catalog? And I'd, I'd sit there in my binder and, in between classes and looking at it, looking at the Ludwig catalog, Pearl and all this stuff going, yeah, one of these days I'm going to have that. Now, you know, I go to, into our shop right now. We got like 40, 50 drum kits yeah, and know, two, 300 cymbals. Yeah, you know, it's. The ultimate toy store, man. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, your shop is really, like, if you're a musician, man, and many of us, the audio guys particularly, mm -hmm. are somewhat failed musicians, uh, it's a little bit of heaven. It, oh, it really absolutely, is. man. Oh, my God, the collection you guys got <laughs> is incredible. Um, I wanted to ask you, we mentioned in the opening that you, you're with the, you're the drummer for the band My Heavy Memory. Yeah. Uh, great band. I have their CD, and like an ass, I didn't bring it out. I apologize, uh, Polly. But this is uh, really, you guys are really got down. And you, you sound great and a lot of fun. And I think we're, are we still talking about doing something? Yeah, you, you know, we, uh, the band's been together for, God, I think about seven, eight years now. I've been playing with the guitar player, Todd, for, God, 20, 25 years, you know. 49er truck guy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And um, we, this past July, we came out with our new record called Clarity. Um, got some great reviews over in Europe and South America and Asia. Yeah. Um, we're hoping to sometime when this whole, which we're really looking forward to. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, man, it's it's going to be awesome, you know. Yeah, I think we put your, your, uh, your CD up on the screen. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, you know, it's a hell of a... It's a really great CD. You guys are really great. Yeah, and I suggest you guys uh, chase it down. Is this on Spotify? Um, it is on iTunes right now. Um, you can check out our website, myheavymemory.com. You can check our Facebook out. Um, you know, the band we call it, it's kind of hard rock metal, kind of a little cross between yeah. uh, Judas Priest, uh, Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, Queensryche, it's, the it's Stone Temple Pilots. But it's, yeah, it's a really it's yeah. melodic, and you guys are technicians, very good playing. Absolutely. And it's just a great album. Uh, I know you. that's not your only <clears throat> musical interest, though. Yeah, you, you know, you I've got another thing bands. going on right now with Tell a longtime friend of mine, um, uh, Chris Scoville. we got a, right. <laughs> a side country project, of all things. Um, Chris and I have known each other for... 30 plus years and and um we've been doing that and working on some new songs and hopefully obviously well, we may end up doing a video over here as well yeah and then i got another side project that's kind of been on hold through this whole virus thing because uh, some of the people just you know decided just that's just waited out that's called mad mama and the and the bonafide few that's kind of uh we call it whiskey soaked americana oh, cool, you know cool. female singer that plays uh, ukulele we got some really cool tunes mm. you can check that out on uh, uh mad mom and bonafide com. gotcha yeah so you know but, but mainly between my heavy memory and the chris scoville band thing that's what musically has been keeping me busy 
you know? Yeah, yeah. And all we, and you know, we've just been writing songs and getting ready to do these videos. And, man, just can't wait to go out and play live. Oh, you know? yeah. Well, hopefully you, you'll be more than ready to go when that happens, when the green light comes. Oh, yeah. And you guys are going to have a ton of material. You had Chris in here at least a couple times, I guess, uh, working it out with my, yeah. uh, my brother, yeah. uh, how we're going to get together. Yeah, I know you know, George in. has been helping uh, yeah. out with my heavy memory. He's, uh, he's been kind enough to, uh, to help us with some management stuff and point us in the right direction, which has helped us quite a bit. Um, yeah, you know, in between all this, we're coming up with some new material, and uh, hopefully by the summertime, we'll have an, another record ready to go. So when we do back to live shows, um, we'll have a, an abundance of material. I mean, we have we put out an EP a few years ago, uh, five songs as well on My Heavy Memory, which is should be on um, iTunes as well, or if not, at least on our uh on our webpage, so you know, check it out. Yeah, go there. It's good. You won't be. You won't be. Uh, you'll be very happy if you do. Uh, I want to ask you about your love of Elvis. I just watched an Elvis documentary <laughs> the other day, and uh -huh. I, I, you know, I grew up with him and and I always enjoyed him and, and thought his life was a little tragic and sad because he yeah. had so much to offer. But I watched this uh, really uh, interesting documentary. Kind of talked to the whole family and the band and all that, mm -hmm. and got a, a deeper insight. What draws you to Elvis? Well, when I was a little kid growing up in Half Moon Bay. Um, my aunt, uh, my mom's younger sister, like really younger sister, she kind of what they would call a mistake baby. <laughs> you know, she was um, she was in her late teens when I was probably six, seven, eight years old, and she had an awesome record collection. I mean, you know, she had 45s from the 50s and 60s. Cool. I mean, the original stuff. I mean, she turned me on the rock around the clock, the original 45, yeah, man, yeah, and, and, cool. and, and everything after that, the Beatles, and she was a huge Elvis fan, and, you know, just play that stuff, and God, you know, how can you not like that voice, man, you know? Kind of impossible. I mean, he had yeah. a weird kind of... His charisma was infectious, yeah. you know, and the early stuff was it was it was kind of sad to see him used the way he was, you know, to push him into movies, you know, Colonel Tom Parker and all that bullshit. Oh yeah, well, that's I mean that's a yeah. whole man. We could spend another two hours trying to f sort that thing out, yeah. man. I, yeah, I mean. Yeah. As a kid, you never realize what's what that dynamic is. As I've gotten older now, especially this stage in life, you look back and you see what was going on, going, "What the hell?" Well, you, you know? know, there was that weird father, I guess, a father dynamic going on there, and then yeah. uh, he couldn't figure out why Colonel Tom would never take him overseas, and it turned out because Colonel Tom wouldn't be able to get back in the country. <laughs> yeah, that's because he was. Yeah, like I know, say, where's he from? There's, like, there's a huge backstory to all that, man. Yeah, you know, he's playing like he's some southern yeah. gentleman or whatever the hell he was. Well, yeah. He was, you know, kind of a crook. Well, yeah, he was a carny, if I guess. For, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I guess he couldn't leave the country because Elvis wanted to go to, you know, he wanted yeah. to go to Europe and he wanted to play in uh, Japan. Yeah. And Colonel Tom just kept booking him on these TV shows. Yeah. yeah I know, it was, it was a trip. It was, a, it was, it was a pretty I know, much it's funny. I just saw uh, an Elvis movie. Okay. I've been going through the TV channels. I saw it was Easy Come, Easy Go uh, uh, the other day. And I he did a lot of movies. Yeah, I think he did something like 30-something movies was, within they like were a four, six-year period, no, man. It was, it was like three to four years. It was crazy, year. man. That was yeah, pretty regular. Least, that was pretty normal you know? I mean, yeah. I always, you know, roused about Viva Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Uh, those, those are Blue actually Hawaii, pretty good ones you, know? you mentioned, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Cool stuff. Yeah, you know, it's funny because years ago I was working at this club kind of booking bands and uh, it got to the point where the owner couldn't pay me. And I said, well, OK, well, how about 
we do a trade. He goes, well, what do you want? Well, on the wall in this club, he had a bunch of Elvis gold records, like about 12 of them. I go, how about the Elvis records? He goes, you want those? And I go, yeah, I want those. So he got a screw gun, took them off the walls, and I got them hanging in my apartment. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got cool. my, my wall of Elvis, man. No, don't forget the big picture of Elvis. Oh, yeah, in the, the middle big there. picture. Yeah, That's yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, now, you're, 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 you're a real dude. Oh, man, I, you know, dude, it's, we all got our kind of roots in, in, in that, right. you know. And That's right. man, I can't help every time I hear Elvis on, uh, on a radio or wherever, man, just to stop and go, hey. <laughs> Yeah, he's amazing. And, yeah, absolutely, uh, man. Well, he left us too early, and and while he was here, well, they didn't yeah. use him. Well, that's yeah, that's a whole other story. Yeah, I have to say, life in the big city. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mentioned Norm on the way. Now, Norm is a fixture to us. We, you know, oh, we, well, we love yeah. Norm. We, well, we, I know Vincent. Norm's the only reason you wanted me to come back. It's about, but that's okay, man. Don't put it that way. You guys want to see Norm? Calm down. Some Norm. Norm gets really rambunctious. Oh, here we go. Look at how hyped up. There's my Norm. Norman, right there. There's my little Norm boy. He comes in. He's he's a great front of house type dog, you know. Yeah. We, we get into a project over here with Paul and Norm will just like curl up on a chair. He's and a gentleman. With us and kinda, Look at he wants some of your coffee. He doesn't coffee. have a whole lot. Well, he drinks out of cups. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. will. He'll Last drink week that. we were giving him some water and he was we we're drinking him, feeding him right out of the cup there. He, Norm's a, he's kind of a little human in many ways. How you doing, buddy? Oh, he is, man. He's yeah. such a mellow dog. I, I lucked out so much by getting him. How did you get Norm? Well, it's it's funny because. Um, before I got Norman, there was about an eight-month period where I didn't have a dog. Uh, before that, I had, at one point, with, with my ex, we had three dogs at one point, and unfortunately, uh, we went our separate ways, and uh, at that point, we had two dogs. She took one with her and left me with another one, which was about a 17 years old. I had, uh, it was blind because I had diabetes, and uh, a couple days after uh, she left, um, the poor dog had a stroke, and I had to put him down. Um, so yeah, man, you know, after years and years of having dogs, it was just so weird. And one day I had a friend call up and say, Hey man, can you, can you watch a dog for me for a couple days until I can get him into a shelter? This was like on a Saturday morning. I said, sure, bring him on by. So we brought him by the shop and, you know, checked him out and asked him, is he a mellow dog? And he said, Oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, I go, all right, well, you know, just leave him with me here a couple of days and, you know, I'll talk to you on Monday. Yeah. So he left and literally about five, ten minutes afterwards, man, because Norman and I just hit it off. I called him back and go, hey, man, can I just keep him? He goes, I knew you would. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had Norm ever since. It's coming on about two and a half years now. Yeah, is this a little I over two I think he's years. somewhere between right now about 11 and 13. Didn't really know. Yeah. You know, so his gray hairs have set in. He's oh yeah, he's, well, he's a chewini, half Chihuahua, half Dotson. Oh, so sure. he's a great dog. Has a great temperament. Yeah. He loves being in the room when the bands are playing. You yep. know, and the yep. noise doesn't scare him at all. Right, Norm. Dove boy. just chimed in on the chat. Said, uh, "Hey, Norm, I've heard a lot, so much about you." Oh, I tell you, Norm. You know, we've had a lot of big name bands in our studio, and uh, Norm is a hit. Uh, we had. Uh, we had a Pretenders in there a few years ago, and they were just again starting. To, their first show was at the Masonic, and they were to kick off their tour. And sure. and Chrissy Hine just fell in love with them. She uh, goes, "Oh my perfect. God, I can I take him on tour with me?" And I go, "Well, you have to take me with you too." Yeah, yeah. So that, we can work that out. Yeah, you know, we we have I have a great photo of Norman and her, and then uh, we had Tom Jones in there a couple years ago, and he was kind enough to take a photo with me and Norm. And yeah, he took a couple actually. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Tom, yeah. Tom, I tell you, man, you. Talk that's another guy when I was a little kid my aunt turned me on to. Yeah, he's badass. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the guy's 80 years old. How cool he is. 80 <laughs> years old. And that guy, he was in our studio 
he sounded phenomenal. And I was talking afterwards. I said, Tom, you sound great. And he goes, oh, thanks. You know, I don't feel all the way. You know, I'm just about three quarters of the way. And he goes, yeah, come to the show tomorrow night. And I'll, you'll see the full time. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he still brings it. Oh, yeah, he does, yeah, man. No, he's uh, kind of talk about pro. I mean, oh, guy, absolutely, Jesus, man. I've, I've been fortunate enough to do a few shows with him over the last 20 years. That's right. So Yeah, he brings it. He absolutely. Brings. <sighs> Boy, there's so many. Um, I'll tell you, one of the shows that stands out, I was just thinking about this the other day, it popped up on my, uh, uh, on my uh, Facebook thing, was uh, back in, I think it was 2009, I've done a, tons of shows with uh, the Beach Boys. Oh, sure. Um, Beach Boys is probably, are probably, no, they are the longest running act that SIR has dealt with. Okay. Um, 50 plus years, SIR has been in business 53 years now. Yeah. Um, they knew the, you know, the owners back in the day in, in uh, L.A. in the late 60s knew them and started working with them. And I remember we did a gig at the Moscone Center. It was a corporate show. Okay. And um, at that point, I must have done a couple dozen Beach Boy shows with them, you know, all over the Bay Area, up and down the coast. And uh, became good friends with the drummer, which is uh, his name is John Cowsill. I don't know if you remember the band from the 60s called the Cowsills. Yeah, it's it a family right. band, which, mm-hmm. you know, if people don't know, um, that band is uh, the Partridge family was based was loosely based on the Cowsills, oh, you know, which was a trip. Yeah. Yeah. So John is, you know, the young kid in the Partridge family with a drummer, you right, know, right, right. phenomenal drummer. So him and I would always hit off. We talked drums and I'll never forget at soundcheck at, at the Moscone. He comes up, he goes, hey, you play drums. I go, yeah. He goes. I want you to play on Help Me Rhonda tonight so I can come out and sing because he, he would sing and play drums on that song. And I'm like going, what, really? He goes, yeah. And I go, well, maybe you should ask the, you know, ask Mike if it's okay, right? Right, right. So, and he did, yeah. And I go, well, okay, well, can you guys just run through the song one time and I'll, I'll record it on my phone and then watch it, right? So they ran through it. Then we ran through it a couple times as a band and man, Right towards the end of the set, he calls me up. He goes, hey, we got a special guest. Come out and play, man. And luckily enough, I was able to get it recorded and talk about a thrill, man. I uh, must have been. Fun. Yeah, I, that, was, that was something else. You know? Some people would say, <clears throat> you know, top five recorded albums for production for quality oh, of songs. Pet Sounds. Pet Sounds. Oh, yeah. You know, that was a, that was a, of course, that was a wall of sound yeah. producing that live. But, uh, you know, uh, still phenomenal oh absolutely man good vibrations man still gives me chills to this day man oh yeah yeah. next level you know another show another thing i did uh was with the funk brothers you know the backing band for motown that's right um right after a few years back they had that documentary yeah they had that uh, that documentary that came out and they uh the surviving members i think at that time was about eight of them um there was a couple of the drummers a couple of the bass players a couple of guitar players uh, our percu- percussionist, tambourine guy, Jack, I forget his last name now, the guy who, who played tambourine on every freaking hit song, you know, it was yeah. just phenomenal. Yeah. I, I did like six or seven shows. The One of them was a uh, New Year's Eve show with the dead at the Coliseum back oh, in, weird. God, 2004 or something. I could actually somewhere. see that working, though. Yeah. Oh, it was great. They had yeah. Joan Osborne singing some of the female parts. Sure, and sure. Oh, Dude, it was phenomenal. Yeah. And I tell you, the greatest thing is the last show I did with them was out on Treasure Island for this corporate gig. And um, I think it was about seventh or eighth show in about two and a half weeks that I did with them. And, I, you know, 
it was great talking to these guys because, man, you know, I couldn't believe it. Man, here I am, a, a little white kid. You know, I remember back in the 70s, I had my drum kit in my room playing the Motown, and now here I am hanging out with these guys and picking That's their right. brain. You know, when they were telling me they're, they were making 50 bucks a song back in those days, and That's their goal right. was trying to get eight to ten songs a day, you know, That's which back right. then was a lot of money. Yeah. And yeah. then they go out all night and play gigs, you know. That's right. But Jack, man, at one point after a sound check, he comes up to me and he goes, hey, man, thank you for all your help, you know, helping out, helping us out. I know it's a lot of hard work. And he handed me a DVD that they all signed, man. Oh, that's and sweet. said, thank you. Gave me a big hug. Man, I tell you, I started crying, man. It was just, uh, yeah, it was. Well, yeah. you know, this is, this. so people, younger people may not understand, but this is, these are the, the guys that recorded I, on Smokey Robinson's, on the Supreme. Oh, dude, everything. I mean, if, if, and know? this is the soundtrack to our lives, you know. Absolutely, is, you know, it's just is, like the Wrecking Crew down in L.A., Exactly, you know? I was going to go know? to the Wrecking yeah, Crew, yeah, 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 which, and, and of course, is the Wall of Sound guys. we just mentioned. So, I remember by, yeah. uh, my boss, uh, his dad is uh, one of the original uh, uh, founders of SIR. And he was telling me back in the late 60s, early mid 70s, when, you know, the L.A. recording scene was going, SIR was going 24 hours a day. Yeah, it was crazy. You know, they literally, you know, three o'clock in the morning, go into Sunset Sound and set up a back line, you know, bring gear. And because the, they were going, you know, well, they do three, four places place. a day. Yeah, yeah. They'd end up over at Capitol and they'd run over to RCA. And yeah. And, and so talk about session players getting paid pretty well as well. Oh, yeah, man. But of course, you know, they were on some 500 songs. And these are songs that we all know and love. You may not be able to say who's playing it. You don't know. Oh, dude, but you Hal can Blaine, sing. the drummer, man. They yeah. say he's the most he's recorded incredible. drummer of all time. Yeah, Talking to him, man. I mean, yeah. God, I'm a Carol Kay fan, personally. Oh, Carol Kay, she was badass, yeah, man. Was, Tommy Tedesco, Glenn <laughs> Campbell so, came out of uh, that. Glenn Campbell was a you know, serious badass. All kinds of guys, guys man. Yeah, yeah, just this, to listen to that, because they played on right. just about everything you heard back in the 60s and 70s. Well, there's probably nobody watching or in this room that hasn't, they may or may not know that they've heard this, the people, were, yeah. all the people we're talking about, right down to the Funk Brothers, all mm -hmm. of these people, you've heard them. You, you, you may not know that was who they were. But they have played on so many things yeah. and through so many genres and so many from just even, you know, freaking Mission Impossible, you know, even oh, TV yeah. show All theme songs. Yeah. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's music and it was good. You're and it's been in the last 40, 50 years these people played on them. Yeah, I remember reading uh, uh, Modern Drummer magazine where it was a famous drummer. He's, he came from the Midwest and he came out to L.A. and. He goes, yeah, it took me a while to realize that seven of my ten favorite drummers were Hal Blaine. You know? <laughs> he played in all these That's great songs, line. you know? Yeah. No, we can't, we can't overstate this. Yeah. Uh, now, Hal Blaine actually has the record for being the, on the most recordings of yeah, any drummer. It's in like 10, 15, 20,000 songs. It's ridiculous. So. It's he played, crazy. You know, and, everything from the rock bands to Sinatra. That's you right. name it, man. Yeah, because he could do that. I yeah. mean, he, just, he understood the part that needed to go in the place yeah. regardless of the I think he said at one point he had... He played on seven, uh, seven best song Grammy songs of the year in a row. You Isn't know, that crazy. Yeah, it was just you well, know he had a wall. He showed me a picture of his old mansion where he had a, a racquetball court, kind of like what Elvis had. That he turned into his his gold record room, and there was literally thousands of them. Uh, uh, on these four walls. It was incredible, so, absolutely man. Absolutely incredible. The yeah. output of that guy and uh, the consistency. Oh, I mean, yeah, he big was, time. Oh. That's why you called these guys. That's why yep. you called the, the Funk Brothers, the Wrecking Crew, particularly the Wrecking Crew comes to mind mm -hmm. because they touched, I think, even more bands, Life's and More. Yeah. And it was because you knew they'd get it. And then mm -hmm. you'd say, I need this. Yeah. And they could bang it out. They'd do a couple runs at it, knock it down, lay it down, and get up and go out yeah. and go to the next place and do the same thing and do this over and over. Yeah, five, I mean, six thank God there's been some documentaries on both of those, on the Wrecking Crew and the uh, the 
Funk Brothers, so I, I would suggest... I haven't seen the Funk Brothers one. I mean, oh, go, yeah, see the Funk Brothers one, man. It's yeah. it's great. He's one of my God. favorite bass players, the main oh, bass player yeah. in that line of James Jr. I mean, yeah, he played with in, one finger, man. He's ridiculous. Yeah. He's ridiculous. Yeah. The hook like, is what he called it. I was watching an Antiques Roadshow the other day, and uh -huh. his amplifier came up. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was, you know, it would have been worth 150 bucks if it was any other amplifier. Yeah. But it was his, and it was clearly marked, and yeah, it was, I don't remember what it was worth. Yeah, you know, it's funny, his son plays bass, and I remember years ago, he was in town, and he actually had his dad's uh, upright that That's he used. It. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that must have been spectacular. I don't know how he could work the angle of um, I'm James's son angle for the doors, but uh, mm -hmm. I bet he played really well. There's anything about the DNA part of it. Yeah. You know, because, my God, that guy's literally one of the best bass players oh, of all Oh, absolutely, man. And, and, you know, his style. Yeah. He had a yep. thing that was really all his own. Really, yeah. it was very hard to, to do. Absolutely. Uh, as we're on the, the subject of musicians, this is something me and you kind of, we're mm -hmm. kind of uh, musicologists in a weird way. Uh, we, we have recently been talking about uh, a weird deep sorrow that overcomes us when we remember that Neil Peart is not on the planet anymore. Oh, man. Man, that That's was a hard. I came, dude, that I was, was a tough one, man. I was out with Mikey. I told you about this. I yeah. think we were out going to get lunch, and I and I put on Rush. So we and I had you know my stereo. I, I'm going around 110 yeah. dB. You know, and it's pretty almost like a rock concert in there. And 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 I turned it off real quick, and I said, dude, it just came over me. I said, can you believe we live on a planet? There's no Neil Pert. It, it just how does it affect you? I know. Uh, it's I tell that, you, man, as a drummer, man, I, I got lucky enough to see him. Back on the Permanent Waves tour, when I was just getting in the rush, that must have been 1980, 80, 81-ish or so, and then Moving Pictures came out, and it was just blown away, and, yeah. you know, I've listened to those records so many times, over yeah. and over, seen them at least it's a master eight, class nine in times. Drumming. Oh, yeah, absolutely, you know, and, and the thing especially with Neil is I've over the years, I got into his writing. The guy was a prolific writer. <laughs> I mean, writer. you read any of his books, man, and he puts you right. I mean, you can paint a mental picture of where he's at. He's talking about, you know, different shades of greenery, you know, bugs right. flying birds, this, I mean, incredible. I mean, the book he wrote called ghost writer, which is about his adventures after his his wife and his daughter died, man. I mean, that was heartbreaking. Yeah, you know, that the man. Was, uh, I mean, within within a year, he changed him. You know. Yeah, you know. I know. I've only spoken to Brad a couple times, and I think I made the mistake one time of mentioning Neil, and I kind of got that look like. I don't want to talk about it, and I'm just like, ooh, okay. <laughs> well, Brad's a relatively uh, personal, uh, 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 you know, he's, he keeps it close, you know. Yeah. Brad no, I get it, man. He's not an emoter, you know, but yeah. at the same time, I think that there's a, when you work with Rush, I think there's a an unwritten rule yeah. that you don't go around you know, you keep it, you're, yeah, you, a, you kind of a, take the Canadian approach well, a, to that. You know, they, it's a professional courtesy, you know, because, right, you know, right. I, so, I've been fortunate enough for the last, since, oh God, probably the last 18, 17, 18 years, I've, I've been fortunate to work with Van Morrison, you know, a lot when he comes to the West Coast. And within the last few years, now I pretty much take care of whenever they come to the States. If there's an SIR nearby, you know, they're, I've become good friends with the production manager and we kind of work it to where SIR supplies the gear. And, you know, it's, I've seen a lot of stuff, heard a lot of stuff, and, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, professional courtesy, you keep it to yourself, man. Yeah, you yeah. know, I get, you know, I might tell some stories to personal friends, but I, you know, I would never come on a forum like this no. and, and talk about that because I, it's the professional courtesy. No, that's exactly right. And another intensely personal, uh, yeah, private you know, people man. don't get Van, and, and I get that, you know, yeah, he's, yeah. um, he does his own but, thing, you know, sure. if you do some research on the man, he's, 
you know, he's God, I tell you, the guy's just prolific and eclectic. I mean, it, yeah, he got, knows what he wants, and you know, right. and, and, yeah. and fuck everybody else in the process. You know, he can be very uh, obstinate that way. Yeah, this has he's been gotten, my he's, experience. With he's him. gotten a lot better over the years, man. Yeah, you know, he had a little bit of a reputation for being hard to deal with in the beginning, and that was just a misunderstanding of yeah. the man because you weren't supposed. To, it wasn't about getting along; it was about getting the, the, the work done. Oh yeah, man. And, uh, and, and, I, I've learned a lot personally just from watching him, man. You know, he doesn't. He's not one to talk much no. you know i think i've only had a, uh, a couple brief conversations in all this period of time which is fine you know right yeah. Uh, you yeah. know it's just the way it is i'm always know? surprised when we do the other so to me that's the more comfortable position for me everybody's roles are defined you do your work you get yeah. it done you put on a show you do door you know that yeah. that very pleased to do yeah, that i mean you know when they start coming around and trying to hang out with you it's like what i'm working here <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know but that is one of the, uh, the the perks of this industry is you know um You'll start a gig off as, you know, as their employee. Then, you know, if you're fortunate enough, you become their friend, yeah, you know, so. and then they confide in you and they count on you. And, you know, I've been very fortunate. There's there's quite a few acts and artists that that's happened to me over the years. And some people I stay in constant contact with, you know, yeah, that yeah. I can literally call friends, you know, yeah. which is which is awesome. You know, again, you know, being that little kid back in in my teens playing record, playing these records and then hanging out with these guys. It's, you know, the, the fanboy comes out and just go, damn, man. Well, you know, I, I have that with a couple of them myself. I try not to reach out too much, but sometimes we'll reach in and we'll c combine somehow. Yeah. And there's just some acts we came up with in the 80s that, you know, I don't know something about coming through those struggles together. Oh, yeah, 80s, kind of man. brings you together. You know, we survived the drugs. We survived oh, all yeah. the pitfalls of coming up in that time. And, uh, you know, still here. Yeah. And so there's, there's a kind of a shared survival thing going on mm. there with a, with a few of them. And so I enjoy that. But, you know, you get to the point. I think the point you're talking about is where you get past the, the recognition that they're you know, Jimmy Lyons of Eddie Money or Chris yeah. or whoever. Yeah. And it's just guys. They're just yeah. co-workers, you know, compadres. It's, yeah, and that's a sweet place to be. Uh, but there are some other acts. Uh, you know, it's a delight. Rick Allen. Uh, oh, man, I tell you. Just yeah. a sweetheart of a guy. I, you know, I'll, I'll touch on it. When, when they did the Big Love Benefit here yeah. uh, a few months ago, the record that. Let's, let's not forget that you provide the back line for that. Well, yes, we did. And we that. were more than happy to that. That you was know, so sweet of you. Rick yeah. and his wife, Lauren, uh, they... I you know I really hope people will go because that's going to be next weekend. It's coming out the twenty third, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, the twenty third. I really hope people is. will will go online and 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 buy this event and watch it because I'm telling you, you're going to be in for a treat. I was here for that recording, man, and it gave me goosebumps, man. Yeah, they did well. I mean, the sound was incredible. The performances were incredible. Uh, and I tell you, man, I've been a huge fan of Rick's since they first came out yeah. back in the late 70s, you know. I mean, God, the guy was 15, 16 years old when they yeah, recorded that first record. Yeah, he's got a 40-plus year career. Yeah, he's only That's about... insane. <laughs> the guy's only four or five months older than me, you right, know. Right, and yeah. I, when yeah. that album came out, and I'm going... This guy's my age. How in the hell is he this good? You know. Well, he had some. He had some really great foundational help, though. You know, you got yeah. Mud Lang in the mix. You got Bob. All the, the people that were behind that thing. Yeah. And plus, these are some very talented people yeah. in, in Def Leppard. Um, but yeah, what a what a hell of an offering! And then they followed it up with the even oh, more. Oh yeah, Monster high and dry. And I mean, I, mean, I saw murder. all those tours, man. And yeah. I tell you, and and then after his unfortunate accident, and then seeing him. Uh, on that first tour back, I mean, the guy's a f it's just freaking phenomenal. You talk about inspirational. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right. and yeah. you know, the 
brief time I got to spend with him and talk to him, man, I mean, he's such a nice guy, such, such down to earth, you Extraordinarily know. Extraordinarily pleasant. Yeah. Uh, like you said, humble and kind. And, yeah. Uh, you know, he very, gets it. He's one of those guys that gets it, you know. I never, you know, when we hang out with him, which we've done many times, I, I never get the impression that he's Rick Allen of Depp Leopard. He's yeah. just one of the guys we're kicking it with and he's shooting the shit and it's just normal talk, you know. It's just a very, very, I can't express this enough. He's an extremely normal guy. Yeah. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't come with uh, any of the baggage or any of the uh, things maybe you've seen with other folks or we've well, seen absolutely. with other folks. Well, absolutely. I mean, we've all, does, we, yeah, we dealt with some artists who, um, for lack of a better word, have gone to the extremes with, sure. you know, substances and, and alcohol and like, you know, like we've done ourselves. Um, you know, some of them just never come out of it. Some of them literally never come out of it. Yeah, They're sadly. no longer with us, sadly. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if anybody ever had a reason to be bitter, it would be Rick. But man, the guy... I remember hearing about him being in the hospital room and sitting there in the bed just trying to figure out how he's going to play again and thinking to myself, how's he going to pull this off? And then you see it and you just go, holy shit, man. You know, and I think yeah. to myself, could I could I have had the balls or the strength to do that back then? Yeah, it's I, hard to know. I, yeah, man. I hope I never have to. Well, he come surrounds to that, but himself with good people. He's got an yeah. amazing. Well, wife, he had a great you know? band that you know that, that they were literally brothers, and they waited for him. They didn't give a shit. Yeah. I mean, granted, they were in a position where they could wait for them. Sure. You know, sure. and and sure. they were one of the most successful bands in the world at the time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was no band bigger at that time. Yeah, they owned the, the airwaves, didn't they? Oh yeah, man. I mean, God, uh, I even had that. I even had a pair of those uh, Union Jack shorts. Oh my God. <laughs> You were uh, such a fanboy in some ways, I tell you. Well, what. yeah, man. You, you love know, the music. You're a again, music we guy. grew up in a time, Vince, that there was no freaking internet, man. That's right. You know, you That's you right. you played, you spun a freaking record, or you listened to a cassette tape. Or you actually went to shows. You, yeah, you, know, you, you went to shows. shows you know, most, we were largely paid to go to shows. Yeah, but, the only but, information you got yeah. was from magazines, or you know, if you had a cool DJ sure. on the radio that actually right. say something that's substantial, other than here's the next fucking record. Here, go to Johnny's Pizza Parlor. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we. Were, I think we both grew up largely a large market radio stations where they kind of yeah. had it down. You know, they understood yeah. how to deliver the music. Yeah, there was a lot of know? great radio stations around yeah. the Bay Area back then. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I started out when I lived in Alpha Bay. We had KFRC, Doctor Don Rose, man. I let that in KSAN. You talk about our stations that would play different music, man. It was awesome, man. I mean, I, I got bet. that's kind of where I got the love of rock, blues, country. You know, you get to hear all that stuff. You know, and sure, then in sure. San Jose they had KOME and KSJO and oh. you know. You yeah, got to hear the, all the hard stations. rock and metal. Yeah, and K Fog up here too. I believe. Oh yeah, the K Fog. Yeah, for those guys. My God, when they were in the mix, you know, M Dung. Yeah, no, Dung? we're lucky to grow up in the Bay Area, man, because yeah. you know, music-wise, uh, well, we definitely from, got our, our our we got a lot of diversity, man. I came from a you know from large market to large market, so I came from L.A. where we had KMUT and KLOS and yeah. this big ass rock station. You know, in the old school days of like '78 rock mm -hmm. and roll. You know, Van Halen yeah. and oh, yeah. Deep Purple and all that shit. Foghat, mm -hmm. and so they they really built it up big, and then we came up here kind of almost overnight, and the punk rock thing was yeah. firing real hard. But even there was KPFA and KLOS and these channels that would, in some way or shape or form, kind of accommodate to us, but we'd kind of jump around between KSJO and KOME. Oh, man, and uh, yeah, I remember the some... punk scene. I remember going to the Mabuhe Gardens, man, yeah, and man, Rock on Broadway back right. in the days, man. If people never experienced down <laughs> the Broadway in San Francisco in the 70s and 80s, that man, you missed shit. out, because just picture that, that street 
street on a weekend. I remember going there on a weekend on a Friday, Saturday night, and there'd be thousands of people on the yeah, streets, that's right. man. That's right. And you had so many cool shows going on. Well, just between, if you just you're talking about the geographic location right there by Big Al's, you yeah. know, where you had the the stone right here. Yeah. Right across the street was the Mab, and right next to that was John Broadway. And any well, one no, of those, uh, it was the Mab downstairs, Broadway upstairs. Stone literally across the street. Right. A few doors down was Chi Chi's. Yep. Down the street, down the court stay up. We'd go all those different places, go That's check right. out the shows, you know, yeah. uh, the girly shows and all that. First time I ever saw Metallica, and it wasn't, they weren't Metallica as you know them. They were nobody. They, yeah. they had no, nobody knew who they were. And uh, we were at the Stone mm -hmm. trying to get paid for doing some work for Bobby Corona, who owned the Stone. Oh, the Corona yeah, Brothers. I remember I Bobby. I played in bands. Yeah. We played there. I, yeah. I had some interesting run-ins with Bobby over the years. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. He was known for that. Uh, uh, that night was one of them. We were having yeah. that with him that night, trying to get paid for Eddie and the Tide. We were out working oh, for Eddie God, and the Tide yeah. for Atlantic Records, and he uh, was their manager. And you know, me and my brother were trying to get paid, and he's like stonewalling us like he normally did. And I think, I don't know, somebody was playing in there. It was pretty rocking, but we went outside to smoke, and, and we could hear across the street, the Mad Fab was this band killing it. But yeah. we didn't know. We were little punk rockers, you know. We just knew it was kind of fast-paced and hard, and, and it, looked, it looked cool, so we kind of sauntered across. It was like a Sunday or something. It was yeah. an off night. It yeah, wasn't yeah. a normal night. Mm -hmm. And and it was it was very lightly attended. Mm -hmm. And there was a door guy, and he knew us from being around. Yeah. It. it was like, oh, it's like midnight, you know, no door charges, or you got like one more song or two more songs, you know. And you, Come on, go in. And we we popped in. We're, we're pretty young. Yeah. Some, by all rights, man, we shouldn't be there. And and there, it's Metallica with Dave Mustaine playing Hit the Lights. Wow. And we were like, and we, I remember me and my brother looking at each other because, again, we're coming from the punk rock mentality. Slayer isn't out. We haven't heard the first Slayer yeah. yet. We were only kind of, you know, Motorhead maybe, you yeah, know. Yeah. But the, the edgier metal was still not really a thing yet. And, and we looked at each other and we knew, like, something was changing. Mm -hmm. Like, it was clear that mm -hmm. we were in a new age. Like, to, like we had, yeah, to, man, we had I, to be aware of this. And, yeah. and then it was very shortly after there, Kill Em All came out. And then we heard the first couple, three yeah. songs on, like, a cassette of Slayer, you know, Show No Mercy. And we're like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, man. I tell Another you, and, and, and then out. that whole thrashing exploded, man. And, uh, yeah. you know, some great bands came out of that, you know. Uh uh Violence. We've got some good friends uh, right, in good. the band Violence. And, uh Oh God! Exodus, sure. Forbidden is a band that I worked with that was highly underrated. Um, a bunch of other cool bands, Vicious Rumors, Heathen, yeah. all those bands back in the day, man. Yeah, I mean, it just took up. it to a whole another up. level, man. So yeah, you know, and then obviously, and then the hair bands kicked in. Actually, my band Asylum was a hair band when I actually had hair. <laughs> I don't know what the hell we were thinking back then, but you know, it, it was a fun ride while while we tried. So. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Yeah, good memories. Listen, yeah. listen. You've been doing this for a while. You know, you've you've been paying attention. Yeah. I know this. I know we're all, especially guys like us, and we talk back and forth. Yeah. Uh, to what uh, potential future holds, especially with the fast developing uh, events in our yeah. lives, political scene and so on. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, what is your, I want to know what your opinion is of what the future holds for our industry. Well, you know, again, we're in this holding pattern right now. Okay. Um, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Let's just say the light's getting closer, thank God. Yeah. Um, you know, by all accounts, according to the, uh, the people who are supposed to know something, hopefully uh, by September or so shows will be coming back somewhat in mass but you know I see it probably around this time next year 2022 it'll really get back to normal and I tell you man I really got this feeling that 
you know, we're going to go from a famine to one of the biggest feasts ever because, you know what, <laughs> everybody right. and their you. grandmother and their aunt and uncle's bands, they're all going to come out, they're all going to hit the road, and we're going to all be so freaking busy, man. We're not going to know what to do. Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I can see that happen. It'll probably be, I would say... At least all of 2022 is going to be like that in the 2023 where bands are just trying to make up time, yeah. you know, and the industry, I think, is going to be a heck of a lot different depending on how, you know, there's going to be that little kind of break in period once everybody gets uh, the vaccine and people start feeling more comfortable with going out and shows, um, indoor shows, I think, are going to be a little interesting. Sure. I think you're going to see some some continued uh, distancing type shows outdoors will be interesting we'll see if these big festivals are pulled off you know well i know another planet entertain entertainment and live nation they want to they're chomping at the bit and they're yeah, trying to I schedule know, stuff up around october yeah i same. know that like bottle rock like on late on memorial day weekend i believe that got pushed back till september or yeah it was either labor day or the first weekend of october um and outside lands have no idea because that's it's usually like the second week of August. Yeah. So whether or not, you know, we'll be open 100% to do that, you know, I, I can imagine they don't want to cancel it again. Uh, so maybe they might push it back to September. But again, that's, you know. Mary says she's, we had her last week. Yeah, you know, I saw that show. Great you know, show. And we love Mary, you yeah. know, and, and she's, she seems pretty up and, and yeah. in good space with it, thinking that they're going to throw that big ass show. I mean, that's a, a one. It's probably one of the best shows in the Yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's one of it's those festivals. Good. I've been there since the very first one. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, you got a lot and of seeing that, that thing. Built, same thing with Bottle Rock. You know, I was there from day one and the first time outside land seeing how that's developed over the years. And I know they got it down really well now. It's what, 12, 13 years in the outside lands. That's right. I think Bottle Rock's going to seven or eighth year. Or yeah, maybe, I think so. Maybe ninth year now. Yeah, something um, like that. Well, if we get it, we get a show out of them this year, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, you know. Well, uh, you know, I'll be there with you, whatever happens. Oh, I hear you, man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's, it'll be nice. It was, you know, it's... If you want to kind of do the uh, uh, the lemonade out of the lemons, it's kind of nice to take a little break. But, you know, that was, you know, what we shut down last March. You know, it felt great for a couple of weeks to take a break. Then afterwards, like, oh, well, wait a minute. How long is this going to last? Right, right. No, you know, it's unfortunately, it's lasted this long and it's going to be a little bit longer, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with it now. We're done. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I was good with that a long time TV ago, and man. Bon bonbons and Oh, yeah. I want to throw some speakers around and some stuff. You know, but I think a lot of people, myself included, are taking this time to kind of do a little introspective. And I know me personally doing a lot of working on myself, man, just trying to be, uh, you know, a better person, you know. You're a pretty great person. I'm yeah, ready to call you, yeah, but you can tighten up the hatches like we all could. Well, yeah, you know, I finally you got, got to the point in my friend. life where I just stopped doing some of the silliness, you know. I, I don't drink or do anything anymore, and yeah. I feel great. And, you, you look know. great. So, I do, buddy. You're we'll all see. bright and bushy and yeah. looking good, yeah. <laughs> no, good for you, you know, and, and we got, got to come to these realizations at some yeah, point. You know? it's, but and, never you know, too late. One thing I want to touch, going back to the big love benefit, you know, that, that benefits – people in our industry that need a lot of help, not only financially, but, you know, in kind of a support thing, you know, that yeah. there's, there's been a lot of people in this industry that have committed suicide. Yeah. And that's a You're sad. You're talking about the, from the emotional, mental well-being Yeah, man, place. you know, yeah. I've talked to a lot of friends and I even feel like that occasionally, but thank God for Norm and, and playing music where I can kind of have an outlet. And I know a lot of people don't have an outlet, man. And a lot of them are just thinking, man, 
where do I go from here? You know, another thing when this whole thing opens back up, who's going to be left around? Because I know I have a lot of people I know who decided to leave the industry, yeah. at least for now, until you know something like comes back. Whether or not they're coming back was yet to be seen. So I feel like it's so far from my numbers. It looks around uh, 17, 20 percent. Yeah, of, man. Or having to make other decisions. And, you know, like yeah. there's some options out there for him. So I, but God, I, you know I, what? I wish we, him the best. What did I hear a few weeks ago that the music industry last year is going to lose $30 billion? Yeah, at least. Like crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's um, it's um a rough time. Yeah. So at least, but we're trying to do what we can do, you know, here with yeah. uh, Sound I mean, this Image has been great. and SIR and uh, the folks from many bands. So we mention them here every week, you know, the Billy Idols and what the singer Brett Michaels. And, yeah. Uh, Clayton, a bunch of folks have stepped in on this, and 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 it's for this this yeah. idea. It's for the it's for folks that uh, uh, roadie stagehands, folks in the industry. Uh, so whatever money we were able to raise from that, we've all donated our time to it, and uh, and there it is. There, check it out. It's going to be a good thing. It's uh, January twenty third, twenty twenty one, six p.m. Uh, Pacific time on Nugs TV. Check it out, Polly. It's a great deal. Benny, always a pleasure, my brother. You know, I love you and your brother, and I love this place, and thank you so much for letting Norm and I come out and hang out for a while, man. It's absolutely my great honor. Thank you for watching. All right, brother. Thank you, man. Love you, brother. Love you, too. All right, guys, listen, we're going to do this real quick. We're going to get the hell out of here. Uh, Loving Hands or Stage Hands, reach out to them. That's a great group on Facebook. Uh, John Del Rio, the founding member, uh, 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 Bob Powers, uh, all-star badass rigger, my brother, all run this page. John Del Rio was just here a minute ago. He came in to say hi. Um, it's a place to go get some good, uh, hopeful kind of resources on if you're ever having a bad day, that type of shit. Go check them out. And Big Love Army, that, of course, is uh, Laura Monroe Allen and Rick Allen's page. Um, from Def Leppard. Check that out. It's a good place to get it. It's kind of a nice uh, a little uh, loving feeling. It's kind of just like it's in the name. Love Army. Big Love Army. And then, of course, Project Resiliency and Raven Drum Foundation. Those are associated with Rick Allen. They're places to go for uh, mental support and outreach. Uh, check them out on the internet. Uh, it's a good thing. And, of course, our dear brothers at EAW Users Group. We love them over there. And I want to send a shout-out to my a, a dear brother for me, which is Charlie Zaricki. He gave us this can't say that enough, but you're going to be in this business. And I couldn't do it without you, you beautiful, handsome son of a bitch. Thank you for coming <laughs> right in. Right back at you. You know I'm in love with you. You just what? Okay, and I'm just going to say this to you right here, right now. I got to quit smoking. Man. I'm not going to sure do that. Do. I don't know. Don't be putting that. <laughs> I may or may not have gotten a picture sent to me that was told it needed to be edited with your face on it. <laughs> you want to go that way? No. Cool. I'm cool with <laughs> You, know, you might have a lovely picture hanging up in your office pretty soon. Yeah, I've, I've found weirder things in my office. So, <laughs> Unfortunately, I've seen it. <laughs> it makes you happy. want to send a shout-out again. Thank you for Pat O'Doul joining us this evening. It was a great treat having him in the building. Of course, Winston Dame's in the house. Bernie Broderick's in the house. And my dear, dear friend, my, uh, Michael Brown, couldn't do it without him. Another shout-out to my wife. I love you. And I will see the rest of you next week when we have the guest, Anthony Powers. Next week, LD Badass. going to be a great show. Please tune in. We'll see you again uh, Thursday at 7 p.m. Until then, you guys, be good to yourselves and each other. Have a good night.